who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! For me, I think I find comfort in relationships probably because of the fact that I didn't receive the most amount of attention from my parents. So it does go back. <laughs> my therapist would agree. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that helped break the lesbian internet hashtag genie in the bar. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with musical artist Gia Woods about being between relationships. We've all been there. Oh, have we? Well, a couple of announcements. This is your last chance, last call, if it hasn't sold out already, for our live recording, our live recording. And guess what, Melody? What? We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I'm putting it out here now because it was a thought (laughs) that I meant to discuss beforehand. It's a full episode that we're doing at this um, at the show. So I think that we should invite people who are there to uh, come up and share their gayest thing. So if you want to share the gayest thing you did this week uh, and have that be, because we're going to release this episode uh, eventually, but you want to come to the show live at Caveat October 13th. If you can't make it, if you're not in New York, there will be a virtual watch party. Maybe we can have someone monitoring the chat or something. I don't know how that works to shout out gayest things, whatever. Be a part of it. We're so excited about this live recording. It's the first time that we're doing a live recording together. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I completely didn't register that it is a live recording and it will be released as an episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll live on. Get in there, though, on the ground level. Also, an announcement. I am officially, though sadly, without Melody, uh, (laughs) will be going to 
Orlando for Girls in Wonderland. Now, I'm not part of the programming, uh, not at that level of um, celesbian yet, but they have invited me and to go and experience it and cover it for the podcast. So I'm going as a, yeah, it's a VIP observer of Girls in Wonderland (laughs) to really experience this queer scene in Florida that people keep telling us about ever since we mentioned Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay show uh, that hasn't come out yet, which we're still waiting for. People are like, you need to know that there is a thriving scene here. And from what I've seen, I believe it, but now I'm going to experience it firsthand. So I'll be at Girls in Wonderland if you're there, um, you know, if you're following me on Instagram and don't be shy, come and say hi and would love to meet any listeners who are going to be there as well. So that's October, what, 14th to the 18th, the 18th. There's all sorts of crazy fun programming. It's a lot of pool parties, um, burlesque shows. There are going to be lots of dancers. There's going to be a comedy show. I'm going to be, you know, mingling, finding who will be the next guest on Diking Out. Guests, yes. plural, because there are going to be some cool people there. Um, also, our and Mandy of Gen Q will be there. And yeah. I mean, a lot more to report back after. Definitely. Last announcement is that we're back in a live way. Yes. In a live, a different live way, way. Yeah. than we've been. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing, yeah, more our speed. Stand-up shows again. Stonewall is finally back to live programming, has reached out, has given us the go-ahead to resume our monthly stand-up shows. Yeah, so starting in November, we'll post the dates. We'll get a great lineup together. We'll be back at Stonewall once a month on Monday nights doing our stand-up comedy just showing everyone that uh dykes reign supreme in mm-hmm. the comedy sphere well that's a lot there's so much going on you gotta tell me even though i was there yeah what was your gayest thing this week i think you have an idea i mean we had yeah. a pretty romantic night recently um yeah me you ali former guest Amelia Amelia Bain. Amelia Bain Bain was there. Yes. And unfortunately, Cecilia wasn't there. Cecilia could not make it. But um, no, family's in town. We went to see Lady Lamb, one of my favorite artists at City Winery. Lady Lamb is a lesbian, what, folk Americana musician. Yeah. And so talented, so talented. I've been a fan for years. I've never I didn't register that this was going to be a different kind of show, though, because I'm used to listening to Lady Lamb with the full band. This was a Lady Lamb with strings tour she's doing at uh, city wineries across the country. Okay, well, I I knew she was doing it. The one in New York now city winery is also related to city vineyard where we've gone to see shows before and If there is a city winery um, in your city, it is a chain, check it out because they do tend to feature a lot of queer artists. That's where we saw Shelley Wright. I've seen Jill Sobiel there. Janine Garofalo isn't queer, but Janine Garofalo is performing there. Well, when this comes out, it would have been uh, last night, but they're getting a lot more stand up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have been doing stand up. They did John Mulaney, right? When he came back, he did um, a city winery. I was talking to one of the bookers from um, Caroline's Comedy Club and um, or we heard that they're basically 
taking all the business from Caroline's. That's like becoming oh, a pretty wow. like up and coming place for good stand up shows in New York. It was yeah. a great venue. I'd only been to the smaller city vineyard. Is that where we saw yes. Shelly Wright? This- yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my first time at City Winery too. I've only been, or no, I think they had a different location um, in the past. But anyway, it it had been a while and it was my first time seeing a show there and it was awesome and it sounded incredible. Lady Lamb. I mean, her voice is great to begin with, but also just like the acoustics, like she came out and did one song, just acapella, and it was crazy good and powerful. Really so. set the tone. Yeah. But anyway, continue with any other gay details uh, about this. You know, you you and Allie were, were being cute. Oh, yeah. Um, I was little having my night. little cabernet and getting real cozy with Al. Um, yeah. Sweater I just, weather. It was sweater weather. Um, and, I, you know, I wore that big cow neck sweater. Couldn't help myself. The second it drops below 70, I'm in a turtleneck. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. I love Lady Lamb. I went on a trip to Europe in 2019 with my best friend who is obsessed with Lady Lamb. But it's just like that her latest album, even in the Tremor, had just released and we were playing it on repeat. So I just like associate a lot of my Euro trip memories. They're like scored by Lady Lamb. Mm hmm. So I have a nice little emotional attachment to the album. I do like even in the tremor because she gets a little more personal in her lyrics on that album. Like she's definitely a storyteller and using like, like she, like pronouns about like telling stories about other people in past songs, but it's a lot more of a personal album, her latest. And obviously I seek out any gay lyrics. Like there's some lyrics she has about, untangling her lover's uh, hair after she gets out of the shower. Like, just like, ugh, it's so good <laughs> and tender and queer. And I love her music. It was yes. great. I hope you and enjoyed it. And we asked it. her to dyke out. Yeah, we asked her to dyke out after. I yeah. was being a little geek about it. I always feel like I'm, like, putting people out by asking in person. So I was nervous oh, about no. that. But she said, yes, Yeah, no, I'm I'd love nothing more. Right down to business. I'm like, hey. Take this podcast. Yeah. This is the business card. (laughs) We're going to dike out. Yeah. That was great. It was, it was a nice, very gay evening. We finally got to hang out and, um, not stress out about accommodating L word stars, not (laughs) at a watch party, you know, just like it was nice for us to hang out in a low pressure environment for once. Yes. Like it's like we weren't producing something and we got to actually attend something together. Yeah. So that was great. Yes. (laughs) What about you? What's the gayest thing you did? I think I might know. Well, you know, after that show, so I'm glad you got to meet Amelia because we had interviewed her before you joined the pod. Amelia is a good friend of mine who I met uh, early on when I started doing comedy and we want to catch up. So after Lady Lamb, we went to Cubbyhole, which is pretty gay. I haven't been to Cubbyhole since before the pandemic, so it was really fun to go back in there and um, met some listeners. So shout out to all the listeners who said hi. It was nice to see you slash meet you. And also, I just have to put this out here. Somebody bought us shots 
so Amelia and I were talking and then this other person started talking to us and then somebody just came and handed us three shots and then turned away. And I thought it was the bartender. And I was like, oh, maybe the bartender knows like how we helped with the lesbian bar project or whatever. Like Cubby knows about diking out. They know who we are or whatever. It wasn't. It was just like some person. And I didn't I was just like, oh, thanks. Like, but now I'm like, oh, wait, was it a listener? And then I didn't go to talk to them. And then I also gave the shots away and I feel bad, but I had to drive home. So I wasn't drinking. And (laughs) so I'm saying all this just in case this one person is listening. And like, thank you for the (laughs) shot. I appreciate the gesture. Um, That was very nice of you. Um, And I'm sorry that I didn't follow up. I just thought you were working there that you were the bartender and just I don't know and busy working anyway it's okay wow. okay <laughs> thank you thank you stop the spiral yeah. just put an end to it but 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 we know that the real gayest thing was but we can't say it can't just be the Henrietta Hudson watch party that we host where you know, the actresses who play Gigi and Danny show up and canoodle um, and break the lesbian Internet like that in itself can't be the gayest thing because we'd be reporting on all the cool watch party stuff that happens every week, even though this was like particularly uh, crazy. Yeah. What made it extra gay was right beforehand ran into my ex-wife. My ex-wife was at the bar. Uh, because there was a gay basketball league meetup going on at the bar. I'm like, oh, these Basketball dykes have no idea what's coming tonight because I just found out that the actors were coming and then I saw my ex and I'm like, this is a lot. This is a lot to take in. It was fine. It was all good. But you're like running into your ex-wife. I mean, when they say uh, the dyke dyke community is small, who knew they meant you'd be crammed in a bar with your ex-wife and two stars from the L word. I mean, right. (laughs) Never thought it'd come to that. Right, right, right. So, wow. What a great time. Oh, you're curious about Genie in the Bar? Well, then I'm sorry. You have to be a patron to get all of the details. And boy, are there details. Oh, we got the scoop over there. I mean, scoop on scoop on scoop, play by play. We witnessed a lot. We got a lot of uh, information from people who were on the scene uh, (laughs) when we couldn't be. And you'll hear the the whole story, soup to nuts, on the Patreon for as little as $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Diking Out. That's what keeps the podcast going. So do that. Thank you. We really did break the internet. It's the uh, gay, almost the a internet. week later, and we're still having it pop up uh, everywhere, left and right, still getting notifications on Twitter. I'm still getting cropped out of that photo. Uh, with <laughs> Sorry, them, but... You know. I know. It's funny. Whatever. I look good in that photo. I'm so proud. Let me tell you, I'm so proud of that photograph because I'm in a picture with like two certified babes, uh, you know, actresses. And it was a flattering photo of me. It could have gone real bad. It could have gone. <laughs> it could have been bad. Um, oh, my God. And it's I just- was like, Wow. Thank you, photography. Thank you, um, Samsung Galaxy. No. <laughs> S21, that my Android that everyone likes to knock, uh, you know. Wow. I mean, as what's funny is the quickness with which you were cropped out of that photo. I mean, you posted <laughs> it, and then 
And then it's just them two and a wisp of pink hair next to Ari circulating the internet, like passed around, like just viral immediately, sans Carolyn. (laughs) What can you do? No respect. No respect for (laughs) diking out. After all we do for you. Oh, speaking of diking out. (laughs) We are diking out with uh, another, you know, this is probably going to be uh, oh another God, yeah. celesbian on a rising celesbian. Another Persian artist. Another Persian. Wow. That's really I love it. I love that we are attracting uh, Persian lesbians. We have musical artist Gia Woods and we're diking out about being between relationships. It's a topic that we retroactively decided on. So keep that in mind when you're listening. If you're like, wait, what are they talking about again? <laughs> between relationships. Uh, Gia is an L.A. based pop singer who has uh, been featured on last year's Out 100. She's been in Calvin Klein's Pride Collection campaign, performs all over the place. Her latest EP, Heartbreak County, is out now it just uh recently came out so go check it out after you listen to this episode let's get into it okay salam gia this is my way of telling you i'm persian too thank you so much for diking out with us thank you so much for having me okay surprise surprise (laughs) so happy to have you on i love we've had like a string of queer iranian guests sort of right in the last year since i joined carolyn yeah i mean we didn't have them before you joined and i feel like you're like a magnet pulling in the the which i love Yes. Uh, Wait, there's know. more of us? Oh my god. I know, right? <laughs> I'm slowly finding out. Yeah. Through this podcast. We're not the only ones. Yeah. Though it can feel like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean gay Persians to be honest. Like maybe one, but Yeah. You never know. You're in LA. And you don't know, because yes. I, I thought that the the queer Persian scene there was was popping, if if there was one. That's also just based on Generation Q of the L word, that there are two <laughs> Persian queers on the show. So I'm like, OK, if there's two on the show, there must be 200. Oh, my God. No, I heard about that, actually, because I haven't been watching this new season. But someone told me there's two Persian queer, uh, queer relationships. Like there's a queer Femmes, relationship yeah. in there. And I was like, yeah, Femmes. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Insane. I was like, okay, me, like, what? <laughs> they straight up speak Farsi together. It's wild. Heard. That's so insane. Like, right? That's amazing. That's insane. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. We've come a long way to even get there. That's crazy. I never imagined in all my life I would see, you know, two Persian, you know, queer females on TV. Yeah, let alone one. Right. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. Well, before we get uh, too deep into this convo and learn more about you, can you tell us, Gia, what is the gayest thing you've done this week? So the gayest thing, this is really fucking gay, actually. Um, I went to a gay prom. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that's so gay. Tell us more. Yes, yeah. so gay. My friend actually just shot a music video and released the record and she, yeah, the, the video was like gay prom and we actually ended up having a gay prom so that was really really cool (laughs) so like beyond the music like everybody just treated it like a regular prom and then a video was shot like during it no so the music video was shot and then just as like a fun kind of party yeah celebration um and to kind of keep the theme of the video i think she kind of had like a celebratory party to go with it 
Love it. This was after the, the music video was shot, but um, everyone dressed up and like everyone was, you know, 90% of the people there were all gay. So it was very, it was really cool. I was like, damn. That, was, that is the gayest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your outfit. My outfit? Oh my God. I was wearing a sparkly bodysuit. I feel like I always have to wear a bodysuit. If I don't, I feel weird. It's like a part <laughs> of my skin. Um, so, I, of course, I had to bedazzle it and I was wearing a long trench coat with it. So, you know, I felt like I was going to prom. It was great. <laughs> Adding that to the bucket list. Yeah. Gay amazing. I want to go to a gay prom. Yeah, we should throw one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be, talk that would later. be pretty iconic. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit uh, about you, about your music, what's coming up uh, around the corner. You're making music videos. You got singles dropping. What's up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have my new project, Heartbreak County, that is actually dropping next week, next Friday. So I'm really, really excited about that. It's a four song kind of like a little EP package. Um, I wrote it during the pandemic, which is really weird and interesting because, you know, navigating and trying to like be in the studio and also, you know, working through Zoom. It was a very interesting time to be writing music. But it was the one thing that motivated me during that time. I felt like, I mean, we all obviously felt really weird and, and sad and depressed and unsure of what was going to happen. So this project was kind of like my journal entry and my escape during the time. And the project is actually about my relationship with Los Angeles because I was born and raised here. So I feel like this project really emulates my views on LA and growing up and all the stuff that I've seen and what LA means to me and which I feel like Heartbreak County kind of says it all. I feel like the project kind of speaks about like how LA is this place where everyone comes here to follow their dreams. And it's this place that everyone kind of has this ideal fantasy about LA. And the truth of it is that, you know, it's, it's not always the glitz and the glamour. <laughs> and I think a lot of people yeah. come here thinking one thing. Um, and a lot of time they, they don't get what, where they want to get to or what they thought they were going to get out of it. It's like, I feel like there's so much more heartbreak than success stories here. So it was really cool to kind of like tap into that and, and write about that. Cause I feel like I, I'm always the only LA native in my friend groups. Like everyone's always like, Oh, I'm from New York. I'm from here. And right. I'm always like, I'm from here. And no, I was like, wait, really? Like you're the only person I've met that's actually from LA. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so that's definitely weird and makes me feel a little weird. But I also, I feel like I know LA for what it is. Cause a lot of people think they know it. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. What's it like being a native, like your experience first, like the, with the expectations that maybe you had for what was possible um, as somebody who wanted to be an artist? Well, you didn't even always know that you wanted to be a, a musician, a pop singer, right? No, I didn't actually. I mean, I knew I wanted to do music, but I never knew where to start and where to go and, you know, where, where to start the process. It kind of fell into my lap, which was, you know, I'm really thankful for. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, with LA, I think it's just growing up here. It's, it's so, sometimes it's, it feels really superficial, you know, like I think um, a lot of the time, like I grew up in, in a high school where like, you know, my, the, the school next door, like, Demi Moore's daughters went to school there or like Jack Black went there at one point like all these schools have like these ties to different right. celebrities even like 
I can name so many. I can't think right now, but like, there's literally been so many kids, especially growing up, where they were like the popular kid because their parents were celebrities and all this stuff. And so that side of things was definitely annoying. I didn't like that. That was the one thing I was like, <laughs> oh my god, like everyone just cares about this person because of their parents, you know? Right. So that was weird, but that also kind of ties into what I feel like sometimes LA kind of emulates as a whole in terms of like celebrities and stuff like that because i think that's what los angeles and hollywood kind of represent yeah were the choirs and theater programs growing up in school very intimidating for that reason were there yeah. <laughs> did you have to poison people to get the roles yeah. like i mean honestly not my choir my i was in choir like from middle school to high school and um that was like an that was like the one class and the one time in my, like, in my earlier years where I felt like I was seen and I was a part of, like, a community. Because that class was just everything, you know? Like, all those kids were so normal. They were not annoying at all. Oh, good. Yeah, it was very nice to be in a, a normal class with, like, just kids who just literally love music and want to sing Beatles songs. Like, all we did was sing Beatles songs. Like, it, <laughs> oh, how I iconic. <laughs> yeah, we did a, a little Beatles tribute tour. So, um that was a very that was like the one class I would say <laughs> sounds like, a little okay. like glee These but are my okay people. it <laughs> yeah. did I know I actually saw it the other day with someone I was like it literally did feel like glee <laughs> that's amazing yeah very gay <laughs> very gay <laughs> so tell us so you, you said you went through a recent breakup that is true yes um it actually... is it too soon to feel the trauma from that is that gonna hit you in like a year <laughs> she like, it was last night carolyn back off <laughs> it actually was like a few days ago like i mean oh, it was, like, oh my gosh long... yeah it, it was like a very long 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 process of this like you know relationship limbo shit and i definitely feel like i'm not really traumatized from the relationship i'm more so just I think traumatized in general by like being in multiple relationships. Cause I was like, I, I feel like when I, when I got into my first relationship, which when I was in high school, it led me to another one immediately after. And my, like my first love was in high school and we dated for two years and, and then she went to school and, and lived in Boston and I lived in LA. But then after that, I dated someone for four years, which was like, yeah. way too long from like 18 to 23 and then right after that I dated my most it's like my life story so, <laughs> it's so, yeah I'm like oh my god I have a relationship I'm like I can't be I literally need to stop being in relationships for like just a second like yeah. I need to just reset and I don't know if it's a lesbian thing I know I've heard stereotypes about us but like we just <laughs> love to date we just love to be in relationships like you know it's, yeah it's I mean yeah I don't know I feel like for me I I have the the trauma of just being in them so much and I think I need to kind of just set reset and like kind of just be on my own and like kind of learn what I need to learn out of all of them in order to actually be in a healthy relationship next time because I'm not going to be a good partner if I don't <laughs> good luck no yeah, I, 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 I tried that <laughs> I tried that every time I'm like you know I just need this time for myself I need to really get in touch with what I want but instead and I don't know if this is relatable for you I used to do the thing where like I'd get out of a relationship and then I'd find somebody who is the polar opposite of that person and get into a relationship with them and then find the opposite of that person and get oh back God. a little bit no, closer that's... to the previous one <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I kind of did that, like, actually with my last ex. Like, it was almost like the polar opposite. And it's funny enough, like, it feels like I'm getting that done to me right now. I mean, I don't know what is going on in any of my ex's (laughs) world. But, you know, the community is really small. We all find out things. And it's just funny. I think it's really funny. And I don't know. It says a lot, too. I feel like, why can't people just kind of set that reset and just be alone for a second? You know, it's like... Why do we always feel the need to go find the next person, go find the next fix? Because it feels good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, all about finding and uh, dating. I love dating. I don't really like, I, I don't like seeing multiple people. I like kind of like either being single or seeing someone like one person. So I yeah. get that. But I just think going too quick into something, you know, I think that you don't really, you're not really healing or learning much. You're kind of just letting something take over. And I think that's something I've been doing a lot and I really need to reset that, but it also helps me with my music. Like I don't need to do it for my music, but it's just like, I'm all the music I've written about, you know, comes from these like crazy relationships (laughs) and I always feel like I learned something. So, you know, it's like, I think you date, it's almost like you're seeing a mirror of yourself when you're dating sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've literally been crying about someone while swiping, um, <laughs> like already d- re-downloading the apps and looking for the next thing. That's yeah. not healthy. Wait, right now? Did you just? <laughs> no, I'm in a very long-term relationship right now. But before this, I um, was broken up with and devastated and knew I had to be alone for a while. But there's something I can't help it. Like I just I was downloading the apps and just immediately got back on. Even if I had told myself I wasn't going to meet up with someone just I think it's just to know you're wanted. I don't know. Maybe that's a whole other <laughs> issue, but I can't help it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, I think that's something that a lot of people experience right after like either getting broken up with or getting out of a relationship in general and being the one that broke up with someone, I think like it goes both ways, you know? And I think like, I just think, you know, relationships are, are great, but they're, they shouldn't be like your whole life. You know, like, I think, I think it's so important to spend your, especially like your younger years. And even, I mean, any year, honestly, but I think like for me, I'm like in my mid twenties. So it's like, I really want to make these next few years not all about relationships. Like, I feel like I'm like, okay, like I literally dated so many people and and it's like crazy. It's like, why, why do that to yourself? And, and not just like face the truth of the fact that like, sometimes you just need to be alone. Sometimes you just need to like face your actual demons and your fears. And I think that's when you become your, your, you know, the real version of yourself, like the real version that you know you are, but you're kind of just like, hiding and escaping the relationship. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit on something, uh, that fear, I think fear is a big driver of it, or at least I know for me personally that like any time I was single immediately, I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to die alone. I think part of it is that when you're, when you're queer, you can feel like there's a scarcity of options. So when someone comes along and they like kind of fit the bill, you're like, well, this is, this is it. This is my chance. Or I die alone. And rush into it like did you ever feel any of oh, that yeah. Or, yeah I mean I think with my I would say my second relationship I was getting out of it I was like I'm never gonna find anybody because I felt like I have such a specific type what is it tell us <laughs> I don't 
I like femme, like I like femme girls, but I also don't want them to be like completely femme. But I don't mm. know, like I don't really like too much masculine. Like, and I I think that's like I find them attractive. I find all girls attractive, but it's just like I have like a very specific type, and um, I feel like I it's rare when I like see or meet someone, um, which you know also I need to stop being so annoying and being like this is my box and this is my perfect version yeah. it's like I nev- you never get what you want anyways but I did feel like I rushed into the next relationship after that really the, the one that I was just talking about um because I felt like wait this is like this person's my type this is like this is exactly what I wanted and then but I wasn't ready I was just going through I, I lost someone in my life uh that was really close to me and you know so I think that I was burying myself into the relationship I mm-hmm. think I was also fear I was scared to be alone and I think I also like I really liked the person so it was a really mi- mixed feeling but I think that's a common thing too it's like sometimes you get into relationships when you're scared to face the truth of what's really happening you know yeah you really liked the person like how do you recognize that someone is your type is probably compatible but also be like you know what I'm gonna pass like I don't know how anyone does that right <laughs> I'm gonna bow out. Yeah. It's hard. But I think like now that I'm like, okay, I could literally meet the most perfect person tomorrow, but I'm not going to like I'm just not gonna give it all my attention. Like it's funny because it's like I get out I did just get out of a relationship and I already have like had multiple like little interactions with people hitting me up and I'm like like I'm like I don't want that I'm like no I'm like it's too soon like I just don't you know what I mean like it's it's so right. crazy how commu- our community is so small everyone yeah. just like finds things out <laughs> like, <laughs> talk about that a little bit about the the LA scene because it's like this mythical thing for everyone who lives outside of it mostly because of the L word but you know gave us a, a lot. lot of expectations yeah yeah does it really feel like that small I mean it does because I think like it's crazy how like all the people that I know, know, you know, the other friend groups that I know, like I know like so many friend groups that all do different things, but it all comes back to the same place. We'll be at the same places, parties, events. Like there's multiple people I bump into out of every fucking weekend almost it feels like. So I think the scene is, especially the music scene, it's Mm. so small. So I can't really speak on like, the other communities but i feel like the gay scene and the music scene it's like the tiniest click ever like i feel like yeah. most people know each other in music and most people each other in the gay scene but i also i'm surprised sometimes like i'll meet someone that's like from la or living in la and they're gay and i'm like wait i've never heard of you who are you <laughs> so i'm like wait <laughs> this is crazy um so that's always surprising but for most of the like, most of the like time i feel like it's it's just like a very small scene and um you know, all the gays know each other and all the music people know each other. So, yeah. Is there a gay music scene, like a gay scene within the music scene? Or would that just be like three people? <laughs> well, that scene is actually pretty small. Like, I think the um, the ones that I know, they're like, I would say like three at or four at the, like, I can actually count that I know. <laughs> but um, the gay scene is pretty small. Like, as music, musician wise, it's not like there is more than ever during this time, like, especially in the last few years. But, you know, we have Lil Nas X and we have all these great artists now. But I think in my, my circle of people, like, I could say like three to four people. So it's not yeah. that many. 
Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, the weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, no prep, no mess, and when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com. In terms of being somebody who has been in like back-to-back long-term relationships, do you think any of that was shaped by like your family and your upbringing? Like, are those the examples of relationships or like your ideas about commitment? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm like unlashing a lot of the, you know, the thoughts of like why I I've gone to so many relationships and, you know, especially like talking it out with my friends. Like, you know, like when you talk to your friends, you're just like, wait, oh my God, this obviously makes sense why I keep doing this. Helps to hear it out loud. <laughs> Literally. Like, it helps. I, the other day, my friend was just like, yeah, it seems like this goes back to your childhood. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, you know, did your parents give you a lot of attention growing up? Did they give you a lot of love and all this stuff? And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, my mom and my dad always, always wanted to make sure there was food on my plate. I was taken care of. They did spoil me at times and they would kind of almost spoil me to the point where they would just give me things and not 
actually engage with me other than doing the bare minimum of what you're supposed to do as a parent. You know, like they took care of me, but I didn't feel like mentally I connected with my parents. Like I felt like my parents didn't really ask me about my day or how was school or who are you dating or, you know, who are your friends? Tell me about your friends. What are like, how's music or even music? Like my mom and my dad, like they would provide me things like, you know, if I really wanted my guitar or like I wanted to learn an instrument, like they would put me in class and stuff. But um, I realized like I wasn't nurtured in a way um, that other people have that I compared to from like friends of mine. And it makes sense why I'm so needy and want to be in a relationship. <laughs> it makes sense. It literally makes sense. So it's like, yeah. how do you un- undo that? I think it's just coming to face with it and understanding like, okay, like why do I have these relationship patterns? What, why am I, like, I just need to face the truth is like, sometimes you're going to be alone. Like you have to be alone. And I think it's also interesting. It ties back to like, how we as humans feel like we were born into this world to be in cults and and communities in terms of like being surrounded by people. So um, I think it's human nature to want to be around people. But I think for me, I think I find comfort in relationships probably because of the fact that I didn't receive the most amount of attention from my parents. So it does go back. (laughs) My therapist would agree. Wow. Yeah. You're... You triggered me. I mean, I'm like 10 years older than you and just figuring this stuff out. So good on you. Yeah. Very proud Wait, of you. you. Think so? <laughs> you think so? I'm like, I feel crazy. I'm like, I'm like, I hope my ex doesn't hear this. We just broke up like five days ago officially. <laughs> oh, I hope it's officially. I hope we don't get a call next week. That's like, scrap oh, the no. episode. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's in the window. Like, no, we're keeping the episode. She's got to be alone. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking to this no matter who calls me or texts me. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Is that a Persian parent thing? Because I'm like, wow, that's scarily relatable and maybe explains some of my attachment styles or neediness or, you know. I think it is. I mean, a lot of the people that I know who are my friends, like they come from so many different backgrounds. Like none of my friends have Persian parents. And when I tell them what I went through growing up, they're always like, wait, really? Like your mom didn't ask you about your day. And I'd be like, no, like (laughs) she would just bring me tea to my room. Like tea, literally she'd be like, bring me chai and be like, here's dinner. Like always, it was never, ever like deeper than that. So I think it might be a Persian thing. And I also think the language barrier, like my mom and dad, were born in Iran, so they didn't really speak English really well, and Same. that's that's why I, you know, I kind of give I cut them some slack because I'm just like it's not their fault at the same time. Yeah, I think it's like an immigrant parent thing, and maybe not just like a specifically Persian thing. What's my mom's excuse? Yeah, come on, Dottie. My dad's an immigrant, but Dottie, what's your excuse for not asking about my day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it really does go go back to the thing with parents and I know like for me too part of it is liking to feel like that part of my life is settled or else I feel like I'm spiraling like if I'm not in a relationship there's just like this big cloud of uncertainty that I'm like no no I need like the same person I need to know exactly where I stand with them and see them every day yeah that's the thing it's it's like it's hard to be like, it's like people become so codependent um, and it makes sense. I think it's hard to sometimes face those demons, but 
at the same time, until you don't, if you don't face it now, it, I feel like life will just like always put it right back into your face until you deal with it, no matter what age you are and where you are in your life. Like, that's what I've learned is that like, you can literally have the best job and be the most happiest and making all the money in the world and, and passionate about what you're doing and everything and all this stuff. But it's like, you're never going to be satisfied until you face your demons. Period. Yeah. Right. So, and then life will always remind you of that no matter what. So I'm like, that's why I'm like, I would rather face it now than to keep pushing it down and avoiding it. Like, I think, you know, it'd be great to figure out what are the things that make me happy by myself? Like, is it me getting myself flowers? Call it weird, call it corny, call it whatever. But maybe you need to do that sometimes for yourself. Like, actually loving yourself. Like, I think people... I think people have a hard time loving themselves. Like it's like, they're always wanting someone else to show them love, but it's like, why can't you do it for yourself? You know, like, why aren't you able to make yourself happy? So wise. I know what I can't get over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking back on 25 year old me right now. I'm like, she knew nothing. (laughs) Um, But you bring up a good point. Where were the Disney princesses that were getting themselves flowers? You know, like we're just like conditioned to seek like that's the ultimate end goal in life is to find that person. Well, sometimes I think, too, that women like it. It's not we're always told like it's not a good thing to really be that into yourself. Like, you know, I, I feel like women are ashamed for like feeling good about themselves and not being ashamed of like their sexuality or not being, you know, like the, the same way that women like reject compliments from each other. Like if you tell your friend like, Oh, you look so great today and be like, Oh, I gained five pounds, you know, like that's such oh a, God, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, so, we can't take a compliment. We can't yeah. uh, just be like, yeah, I'm awesome. And I feel like it, that's like starting to, to get better, but it's just like centuries of other messaging <laughs> against that, that we're having to just like deconstruct little by little. It's true. It's so true. I mean, one Lizzo video at a time. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's a thing. And I think like, that's, that's why I like, I'm like learning and realizing all this stuff right now. Cause I'm just like, you know, I think I'm finally growing up. At least I feel like I am. I don't know. I don't know where I'm tapping into this, but it's also just talking about it. Like this, these are the things like, I think sometimes it's like women are so scared to be vulnerable with other women because they're scared they're going to judge them. And like, Luckily, I have like really good best friends who they're really good friends and give really good advice. And some of them make the same mistake, even though they're giving me the advice. But I'm willing <laughs> to just take their advice and be like, you do, you know, <laughs> you know, and I, I think that um, it's, it's really hard to take control and make the decision and stick to, you know, a period of time where you're not in back-to-back relationships and um because there's always someone that you can distract yourself with honestly I think that's easy I think that's like it's actually the easiest thing to do in my opinion like yeah. but finding happiness that's the hard part because you can get happiness through someone being like you're beautiful you're this you're this but it's like you obviously aren't happy because you need to hear it so much more from someone else than yourself so yeah. I think that's a really big sign. And I think um, 
you know, there's no, you're never going to be in a healthy relationship until you have a healthy relationship with yourself. And like, I stand by that a hundred percent. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm so motivated, like motivated to go back in the studio right now. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you're going to write a, a power I'm anthem. Writing, <laughs> oh, no, I just wrote my favorite song. I think I've ever written like two days ago. And I just feel like I'm getting back to me again. Like, I feel like I'm getting back to myself. Like my music is always my passion. It's not even a job for me. So it's like, that's happiness to me. But the more that I get away from it, and focus on, you know, stupid relationships that are kind of going in circles. It's like, there's no, such, there's no, there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to waste your time doing that. Um, unless it's mutual. And I think those are the things also you come to terms with when you grow up and you date around. It's like, is this worth my time or is this not worth my time? You know? Right. Breakups traditionally the best thing for music. Yeah. They literally <laughs> are. I mean, Art every artist I know that I love, right. it, most of their songs are about people. I mean, it's so crazy. It's like I even think about people on the bigger scale of like, uh, you know, like an Ariana Grande, like all her, her music. Oh, yeah. Like, you feel like you dated, you were, I felt like I was with her on her relationship Me too. journey. Thank God for her breakups, though. I, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. I, I, I'm like, break up with your girlfriend, like that song and, you know, seven rings and mm -hmm. literally thank you next. Yeah. I think those stuff, you know, that stuff is so like, it's so crucial for an artist to be like vulnerable and open because it's like, that's how people relate to what you're going through. So it's like, I, I never shy away from, you know, people asking me about what I'm going through in my personal life. Cause it's like, you know what, I'm doing this for a reason and it's to be vulnerable and to do it for myself and I if anything the reason I'm putting it out is also for other people to take it for the you know for their own stories and their and related to their own lives so um yeah I'm excited to write my breakup anthem yeah you're like <laughs> I do this for you <laughs> um like I do this for you guys <laughs> so do you think you can like casually date like or do you, would you just cut yourself off cold turkey from any sort of dating knowing you're a serial monogamous because you would be afraid to fall into old patterns or would you just be like maybe it's different this time I have these boundaries set in place I'm going to go on some casual dates I'm not going to commit fully I mean for me I I'm I'm really gonna just put my foot down because there's like you know, like, I think I would be open to definitely, like, seeing someone casually, but, and that's kind of what I was actually trying to do previously, um, in my last relationship, but it ended up getting serious, <laughs> and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, a you know, a no-no, but I think, I mean, I'm really good at self-control when I, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this, I don't think I'm ready, whatever, um, unless someone's kind of, like, making me feel like oh no this is okay and then it comes to something else that's where it gets you know messy but I don't know I think I would be open to definitely like dating casually and seeing people or one person and just keeping it like you know if you're adding to my life and you have your own life as well great like I think that's what I want if I get into something again but it's not going straight into it you know like I think it would have to be a long period of time at least a year or more Okay. And, you know, I think, I mean, I'm really like, I have my own shit. Like, I've never involved in someone's life in terms of getting obsessed with them to the point where, like, everything they're doing is, like, my world. Unless I was, like, my, you know, my first relationship where I was, like, a little right. kid and I was, like, obsessed. And I was, like, wow. Like, 
Um, but in my last relationship, like I was really independent um, for the most part. So if anything, I would want the next person I'm with to add, but also have their own life. So that's going to be the challenge of finding that person because there's a right. lot of codependent. A married woman. You know, <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, follow up question. Do you think you would be able to spot the telltale signs of a serial monogamous when you're ready to date and dating around, would you be able to maybe see those red flags? And what do you think the the signs of a serial monogamous are like on a first date? What would they do or say that would be like, hold up. I like how you're calling them red flags, Mel. <laughs> I know. Red flag. Well, not red. Yeah. Just tell, we'll sell, tell, tell signs. Is that better? <laughs> I mean, I think I would say consistently like I think if you see if you meet someone for the first time and you go on a date and they immediately want to hang out like the next day or the next two days after I feel like yes that means that they're probably just interested in you but it's also if it's moving at a pace where it's like they will do anything to try to see you Mm -hmm. that might be a little bit of a red flag um I think if they're already like able to kind of like I don't know. Like, I think if they're already obsessed with you. Yeah. They're saying like we a lot, you know, like. (laughs) Literally people who just go straight into someone else. It's it's like you go straight to someone else because you just want to fill that void. So you're going into it as if it's like a new relationship. So Mm -hmm. I think you text them every day. You hang out a lot. You, you know, you make you start making future plans already. Like that's definitely a fucking weird thing. Um, yeah, like making little trip plans, and it's funny because I literally just experienced that. So no, no, I know I'm it so just feels right like now. lesbian culture, though. It's like <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I'm literally experiencing. I'm I'm on the other side now, and I'm seeing mm-hmm. it happen to me, and I'm just like, damn, like. They don't just stop. <laughs> psycho. <laughs> yep. Psycho. So I'm trying to stop. I don't care whoever else, you know, whoever I day, whatever they want to do with their lives, it's their lives. I'm yeah. just trying to, you know, give the warning signs for anyone listening right <laughs> now. Stay single and take it slow. Yeah. Message to all dykes. Just try to stop. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I I have nothing to to say on the topic because I got divorced and then immediately started dating my current wife. So (laughs) and and, and I was like, and we were both like, we are not getting into relationships. And then we got married. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have no good advice. I mean, I think I just think it depends on like, you know, sometimes you do happen to meet the right person and it's just like a weird timing. But yeah. It's hard to say no to someone based on timing because that was the only, I was like, well, like everything's great, but it feels crazy to be like, even though it's not crazy and it's very valid to be like, but I'm not ready yet. And let's revisit this at another time. But I'm like, but this person's awesome and it's amazing. So why not now? Life is short. Yellow. Like, <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing. It depends on the people, I guess. Like for me, I was like definitely that person that was like, I was like, I am not ready and I'm not going to be ready for like a while. And I was really communicative about it. So it's like, 
I think if you was if you're communicative and the person's able to work with your boundaries, then that's amazing. And I think, and then if not, then maybe those people aren't right for you. And and if you also feel like you just want to get into it because you're like, this is the right person. I actually just, I just know, you know, that's also valid. I think it just depends, but I think having no time alone, even when you're entering something again, you know, I think that's weird a little like, or not weird, but I think that's just that, that, that is just not healthy for yourself. And, um, you know, it comes back around in years or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever months. Like, so yeah, I mean, Lesbians. Lesbians. I think the most important guideline I would say is as long as you're over your ex, I think that's where it can get really toxic and messy is when people go from relationship to relationship while they're still hung up on the previous one or they're still like pining after the last person and then they jump into another relationship. I'm like, okay, well now you're you're gonna screw someone else over (laughs) by doing this, you know? Yeah. I mean that's that's definitely true too. Like I think that that's I've definitely been that person before. <laughs> Shame, no. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, sometimes do the wrong right. thing. No, it's it's a very human thing to do. Uh, yeah, for for sure. It's definitely like I think there's just no like there's no uh, blueprint for any of this. You know, it's of just course, kind of like, yeah. You right. just do it. You just have your, your instincts, and everyone is like, you know, relationship to relationship based on like the person and how you're feeling. So it's like everyone's experience is always going to be different. But the, the truth thing I will say is like, we are all afraid to be alone. That's just a fact. <laughs> we <laughs> right. all have to agree on, period. <laughs> you mentioned your friends and, you know, friends can be such a great thing to invest your time into, like, instead of relationships, right? Like I know a lot of people who are single for a while, but they have the best relationships with uh, their friends. When you're in a relationship, do you find yourself being maybe less of a good friend? You know, like queer queer women do this. They start dating someone and then they kind of stop hanging out with their friends for a while or they don't hang out with their friends as much. So in my previous relationships, um, definitely, I definitely feel like I was like that. I feel like I kind of neglected my friendships, but then in the last one, I was like really traumatized from that, that I feel like I was like, uh, uh-uh, like I can't, I, I don't want to risk losing my friends and making them feel like they're not important because of the fact that I'm dating someone new right now. And, and but that doesn't right. happen a lot of time. I just think right now, like I'm, I'm happy that I didn't do it in my, you know, my last relationship. And that's something I'm definitely going to make as a priority of going into my next relationship. Like, I want you to have your own friends and I want to have my own friends, but we can also hang out with each other's friends and have it not be weird. Um, and hope that, you know, it we're on a mature level to, to make the time for that. And it's, it's hard. I think it also gets different. Things change when like, you know, sometimes your, your other friends could be also in relationships. So it's like the timing of that also, or if someone has right. a kid, if you're having like if someone's having a kid, that's a whole different thing. They're dealing with like yeah. a little newborn baby and balancing how to be a parent. So a lot of factors, you know, play into it. But I think for me, I definitely have had experience doing that. And that's something I don't ever want to do because like I really admire my friendships. Like I think that like they're almost just as good as partners because it's like they're not going to they're not gonna leave you 
unless you're like a really bad friend, which I think a lot of people can't. It's weird. It's 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 hard to get mad at your friends. I think it's like you get more mad at the person you're with, obviously the most, and talk to the most a little bit more. Maybe um, it shouldn't be that way, but you know, I think for my friends, I'm I've been I've had the same friends since I was like in high school, so oh. I really cherish all of them. Like I literally have like five best friends that I'm like, you guys are my people. I can call you at any time. Like every breakup I go through, like I literally go to their house and I sleep over for like a week and then I reset and I'm like, okay, I'm back to life. Currently just did that <laughs> and I feel great. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that, that's the bestie. Those are, that's why besties are the best. Yes. Do you think JLo has besties like that, that she can rely on <laughs> instead of like going from relationship to relationship? <laughs> Where are JLo's besties? Girl, I literally was wondering the same exact thing because I <laughs> really cannot believe that she just went back to her ex-husband, right? Or boyfriend. In a heartbeat. It like that was that was crazy. Didn't they end a long time ago? Oh no, yeah. Ben Affleck and JLo, yeah. But then after her relationship with uh A-Rod, she just like jumped to Ben, right? That's Oh, yeah. She went back That's, to Ben. She went yeah. back to Ben. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is so crazy. I'm like, she just got to take a breather. My God, I'm just concerned for Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. She'll she'll be fine. <laughs> she'll be fine. But it's so funny. It's like everyone. I think everyone just like jumps and jumps and jumps. But those are like the, those are really manic. Those are like the ones that are just like, whoa, girl, like calm down. I hate to say this because I feel like. We're going to get attacked. We're going to get some one-star reviews here. Uh-oh. Do I say it? Say Taylor it. Swift. Oh, God. Yeah, Taylor every Swift. time we bring up Taylor she, Swift. She, she's got her squad, weren't, weren't they? <laughs> she has a lot of besties. <laughs> but but she's someone that it does always seem like there's always a, another person, you know? It does, actually. It seems like she's always literally, like, moving on. To, I mean, from what I've Which I can't judge. Doing, but mm-hmm. oh I mean, yeah look, do you know I, anything being on the music scene what what's the tea she gay <laughs> she gay we'll cut this out she gay we'll cut it out <laughs> i wish she was gay that would be so fun like i, I would know. love to have you he's supposed to be gay that'd be <laughs> iconic but no and i'm not unfortunately no i don't think so i, I haven't heard anything so death don't yeah. think she's a gay girl but yeah, she needs some besties. She needs, I mean, she has besties. I don't know. Maybe she has too many and she needs some more core. That's the thing. Just... That's the thing. I feel like so many people have a lot of a lot of friends. Like they can have like a huge group of friends, but then they don't really have like close relationships, just like one on one with like different multiple people. But like, you know, for me, sometimes I do crave. I'm like, why don't I have like that old friend group that when I was in high school, it was like, you know, it was like 10 of us and we would all hang out every week and have parties and all this stuff. But then I realized that after getting older, I'm like, sometimes it's, like, not really even possible, like, with, no. I mean, there's too many people to balance. Especially the older you get, yeah. Yeah, because I, I wondered that, too, and someone pointed out, like, okay, when you're in high school, it's, you know, all your friends are the people that you spend your your entire day with you go to college you meet your college friend or if you go to college then it's all the people that you meet and spend your days with after that when if you go into like the workforce it's your coworkers that you spend around but they'll never be like your best friend group you know no, like they're no. never it's never gonna be that so then you have this like drop off 
in like your life up until a certain point has always been surrounded by like your closest friends that you see every day. And then all of a sudden that's replaced with like Judy from accounting. And <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, finding good friends to talk to you, it's really hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm like uh, wishing you the best, obviously, on your journey to not continue patterns. But because you are a musician, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about all my favorite musicians and they have these patterns and all these good songs come out of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like selfishly, musicians are our relationship martyrs. Madonna's another one. Madonna has always been tied to somebody, some more public than others. But she's been with one of her dancers for for a while now and yeah there's never seems to be like a a stretch i know of i know it's really hard <laughs> i'm like we'll see like i tell we'll myself no and then watch i'm gonna listen to this like two months later i'm like i have a new girlfriend oh my you're God. gonna listen to it together yes uh, promise promise us that you will update us if you oh if you break uh, the pact here okay. <laughs> i'm like i will definitely let you know i'm really really trying but <laughs> It's it's hard. It's it's also like it really does go back to when people like when people find out you're single. I don't know how things get said. There's people, their friends, whatever. But it's like I literally like already have had people talking to me, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. Like, I don't want this. Like, they can yes. smell it. Yes, it, no. uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine who made their Instagram private and they said that they made it private because they were getting a lot of creepy messages. I'm like, did something like spawn that? And she goes, yeah, my boyfriend and I broke up. And then all of a sudden, every guy in my life like was sliding into my DMs, sending me creepy messages <laughs> and like trying to make I their move. I can't make it private. Like I literally, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I can't. That's the thing. Else. I can't go private. Yeah. So it's like, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god and i noticed when like obviously like you know like a really pretty girl is in the dms i'm like hi <laughs> like interesting <laughs> um but yeah i i i thrive in relationships but yet i run away from myself in relationships so yeah push and pull push and pull but i i do know one thing for sure is that i'm on a high right now in terms of just like feeling empowered and feeling like just so ready to like put myself first and you know um write about this experience especially in the studio like I have so much that I want to do and I feel like excited and also promoting Harper County right now it's like I'm so excited for like my project that I've worked on for so long you know so it's like I I always remind myself I'm like I'm always going to be running from relationship to relationship maybe but like I still have myself at the end of the day Yes. Love that. And yeah. how would you describe your music to our listeners? Like if they like, what kind of music will they like you? I mean, um, I have my own I thoughts. I mean, but... I have so many different sounds in right. the last course of the last few years, but I would say like, it, you know, if you want like a dark alternative pop sound from me, you have it. If you want a dance record from me, you have it. Um, an emotional time. Like, I feel like a lot of songs have, like, I feel like I've really tapped into almost every emotion, um, especially with, like, my last project and um, everything. So I think my music would definitely be, like, crying on the dance floor, but also screaming in your car with your friends. Um, <laughs> yes. Did you say crying on the dance floor? 
Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I have been dancing to your music. I love Next yeah. Girlfriend so much. Thank I'm you. I mean, fan. literally that song is like, and it's a, it's like I'm ready for my next girlfriend. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> on brand. Very on brand. <laughs> yeah, no, your music is so great. It's so great for uh for dancing, and you have an incredible voice. So everybody, Thank check you. it out. Where's the best place for them to follow you to uh, purchase your music, consume it? What do you want from our listeners? Um, you can follow me at Gia Woods on you know Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Uh, I'm on all the DSPs like Spotify and Apple and Tidal and, you know, all of them. So just at Gia Woods, that's it. Yes. Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gia. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much yes. for having me, guys. This, this talk was like very therapeutic. I, I think I needed it. Yeah, yes. I love it. Keep us posted. Yes, very I inspirational. Will. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank Thanks. you. Take care. All right. Well, we do have to get to our listener question, but Melody, I do have something that I'm going to inform the listeners a little bit at this point because we talk in this episode a lot about being um like a serial monogamous and going from relationship to relationship. And uh, patrons already know this uh, about me because I talk about it on the Patreon now, <gasps> but I'm maybe not so monogamous anymore. And all of the details are on Patreon, starting with our off topic around episode 200. I'm only mentioning it here because I do not think any of my family is listening to this particular episode and made it this far. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I did not know you were dropping this bomb. I'm dropping this bomb just on to the episode get at large people to Patreon. Yeah. Because uh, things we are quit our lit jobs. there. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> This is a pivotal time for us. So please go support us on patreon.com slash diking out. I just I don't want our like patrons to listen. It. I know. You've like taken a hushed tone <laughs> into a microphone. It's fine. It's all okay. I will not pull this later. Okay. All right. Well, we get to our listener question. Let's keep things moving. All right. Keep the show on the road. Let's keep it going. Hey, Dykes and Bikes. This is partially a question, but was also hoping to give a little shout out to my incredible soon-to-be wife, Emily. Emily, your fiance, who both of you, stunning. We have two pictures. I encourage pictures, I think, moving forward yes. for listener questions. I don't, I'm don't. i loving it. I love it. So much love in this picture. Just stunning jumps out. Yeah. Photos. And I believe these are two dykes on hikes. I love it. And I, I love Emily so much because Emily was a fan of the pod and was the one who got this listener hooked on diking out. So that's a sign of a of a good of a good wife. That's wife material. Oh, and Julie Burkhart has written in to let her smoking fiance Emily know, damn, how did I get so lucky to be able to love you and be loved by you? They are getting married October 10th. So Julie wants to say cheers to the gay agenda and forcing the government to recognize our love. Love that. Love it. Congratulations. Yeah. When this episode comes out, they will be um, wives three days in or something. Yeah. So this person really 
hacked the system, though, to get a shout out in because mm-hmm. usually this is just a question, but they included a question. So what is the listener, the actual listener question? Smart. Okay, the listener question is, what combination of Gen Q characters would be your spirit, dykes, or bikes? Combination? My mind goes first to Alice. Always has. Yes. Always will. I mean, yeah, I'm taking this question, like, who do I see myself in the most? And for sure, for me, it's Alice. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, but well, no, there's still Gen Q characters. I w- I'm like, oh. were they talking about the new? Okay. Ca- so. That doesn't apply for me. If we're talking about Gen Q characters combination, what if I said genie? <laughs> what if I said the Persian ones? What if yeah. I, I mean. You're just a melting pot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm tooting my own horn by being like, oh yeah, the hottest one, probably. The yeah. most magnetic well-rounded, perfect in every way character, I'd have to say for me. What about you? Uh, I would say Angie, because um, as a, a teenager, I felt like sometimes maybe I was a little bit more emotionally mature than the people around me. Mm. Okay. No, I don't know. I, I think I think for sure it's, it's Alice. Yeah. It's Alice and Tom, to be honest. It's... <laughs> I love yeah, Donald actually, Faison so much. Tom is so relatable. I do love Tom. Tom is like the sleeper favorite character of this season for me. They're the funniest. But yeah, for for Alice, I mean, obviously, it's like the parallels with, you know, she has a talk show. She likes to interview people. She likes gossip. She uh, is interested in what everybody's doing. I love all those things. She's also a great friend, and I try to be a great friend to the friends in my life. She can uh, get a little crazy in relationships. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes she makes questionable decisions. Hey, who hasn't been there? Right. Like, I will joke a lot about uh, how she invited, you know, Nat's uh, ex-wife into a thruple. Is that something that I would say would be an impossible situation like if that situation had happened i i wouldn't say i would never do something like that like yeah. honestly yeah if cecilia's ex-wife was like smoking hot and and looked like gg and had like gg vibes i might be like hey <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i was with you on everything until that um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't advise it uh, objectively. Yeah. It's a terrible decision that I like to make fun of. But uh, also, I've been known to make questionable decisions. And that's why it's Alice for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alice, we, Alice is the best. I don't, I don't think, you know, I was trying to like really reach and find a, a long explanation for this answer, but I think really this listener just wanted the shout out. So, okay, uh, you know, great, best of luck to you and Emily. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, and if you want more uh, Gen Q thoughts and takes, go to our Patreon. Did I put oh, that's where they live. this episode? Yeah. Yeah. They are all there. I know. Someone was like, why aren't you doing L word recaps? I'm like, mm, we are on the Patreon, except this week we don't actually recap the episode. It wasn't a great one. We recap the watch party. Um, the watch party, which is where the drama actually lives. Where all genie the action. Genie in the bar. Hashtag yeah. genie in the bar. What bar? <laughs> Henrietta Hudson. At whose show? 
Diking out. Diking out. <laughs> thanks to Maker's Mark for paying us to be yes, there. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> well, for more uh, breaking celesbian uh, <laughs> news, follow us at Diking Out. We are really, uh, you know, if you want pictures where you can crop us out of and... <laughs> share on your tumblers please follow us at diking out follow me at tgi carolyn follow me at melody kamali we even made a tiktok i made a tiktok because what happened was i was about to post on instagram uh, a video that cecilia edited so nicely of um various footage from that night mm-hmm. and then instagram went down and i was like oh no it's because we broke the internet already with this and they know oh, it's coming that's why again. people are commenting that yeah <laughs> i tried to post it on I tried to post it then, and then I was like, well, I guess I got to do it through TikTok. (laughs) Did it through TikTok and then shared it to. Okay, well, where can people find that TikTok? Taking out podcasts on TikTok, which you've promised you'd be TikToking more. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much. I've had this new phone for a week. I'm on it. Okay. After these watch parties. I know. I was like, man, had we been like TikToking this live, we'd be TikTok stars right now. I know. We'd have sponsors. There's only two of us. It's hard. Okay. All right. We got to go. Thank you for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.